0: Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za Thank you, Daryl. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, today's a great day, and uh, the Lord is doing wonderful things, and He's speaking to our hearts. And uh, just appreciate the family, you know, just on behalf of the Crumpton clan, just to say thank you so much for all the love and the support, just the the encouragement the the messages just um, affirming us and letting us know just how much dad is, has meant to uh, to us all and I really appreciate Chris and Tersha Liebenberg being with us this morning, and uh, again you know just uh, being here to encourage us and strengthen us and it's just uh, it's great to be family, you know um, when when you family you you can be real uh you can just be yourself and we don't have to put on any particular you know pretenses or whatever it is we can uh you know we can just be uh who we are and and that's you know part of what it is to be part of the kingdom of god is to to be family and uh, you know the lord brings us all in and uh and, and gives us that place of belonging we belong to him and because each of us belong to him we also belong to one another and there's the sense of being uh united in fellowship and in belonging so so good uh, want to uh take a few moments this morning as um as we get into the word here and just link with this uh, momentous time for us in our lives as a, as a local church and as a network of churches, to uh, to recognise the impact and the influence of Derek Crumpton in all of our lives. You know, obviously, <laughs> being my own father had just a, a massive impact. And you know, we were sharing on Friday, just in terms of you know the the impact that he's made in our lives. And you know, my dad was my hero. Um, you know, who I am today has been Enormously fashioned and shaped and molded um, because of you know his role, and uh, we uh, we took time to just remember the the role that the Lord had him play in the context not just of us as a as, as a blood family but as a spiritual family, and as the one who founded the network of churches, Foundation Ministries International. You know, there's over a thousand churches on the continent that uh, are linked together because of his, you know, obedience to the Lord. uh, He's faithfully serving and loving Jesus. And, uh, you know, just as we remembered what the Lord has done over so many decades, Dad would have turned 90 in December of this year. And so he's had quite a long life. And, um, and, and so through the, through the years to actually just look back and see, you know, what the Lord did through the different times and the different stages. And uh, as we, we watched people on the Zoom, you know, from those different decades and just so many memories came flooding back. But they were, they were reminders of God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And that the Lord had his hand uh, on all of us, and obviously on dad's life, but through that, by implication on all of that, that the Lord had things to give us and to impart to us. And, uh, and so the stories and the testimonies of what, uh, what God has done, it, it continues to ring into our lives today. And that's part of why, actually, what I want to be on about this morning. Uh, Just a, a scripture for us just to bounce off this morning is in Isaiah chapter 51, the first three verses. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abram, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving And the sound of singing. (laughs) Isn't that so good? Well, you know, firstly, when it says in verse one, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. I mean, this is one of the massive things that we can take from from Dad's life is that he pursued righteousness and he was one who was always about seeking the Lord. Seek righteousness first the kingdom and his righteousness it was all about seeking the Lord seeking his presence it says here look to the rock from which you were cut and of course primarily Jesus is our rock we always look to him we're never looking to a man we're always looking to Jesus he is the rock our firm foundation he's the one on which we stand and so you know, ultimately, it's always focused and centered in Jesus. Let's make sure we always keep that at the foremost of our thinking. But the Lord also gives us earthly figures that we can follow in their footsteps. We can follow their examples. And even as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so the Lord gives to us uh, people to lead us to help us, to shepherd us, to guide us, and to father us and uh, and so, as we look to um, the the parts of our own lives that we have learnt we have gained because of those who have discipled us, yeah you know, that's part of what we're wanting to look at this morning because the the inheritance that each one of us receives is the legacy of pursuing the Lord. And as we pursue the Lord, there's some things that are particularly shaping our lives. You know, it speaks about the rock that was cut and was hewn. And to for something to be hewn, it means it's been chiseled out of a quarry and it's been shaped into a stone that can be used and can be built into the house of God built into a living temple. And so it's, you know, a bit, bit of rough work. And for some of us, <laughs> you know, it has been tough work as the Lord has been shaping us and molding us and, you know, knocking off the rough edges and, uh, and getting us into shape. And, you know, some of us can look back at uh, so many things in our lives where, where the Lord has, has, uh, has had to work pretty uh, intensely uh, to, to knock us into shape. Uh, I'm hoping that I can touch on three things uh, somewhat quickly this morning. Just three things that I, I I know have formed a significant part of our lives and our journey together as, uh, as this church and as many churches in Foundation Ministries. Three things that we can learn um, as we look to our father in the faith, uh, to my dad. The one thing is, pursuing the Holy Spirit, the second thing is pursuing community, and the third thing is recognizing that God turns nobodies into somebodies, alright? So the first thing that we want to just recognize is the action and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So from Acts chapter 2, Verse 38, Peter replied, this is on the day of Pentecost and the crowd are kind of like, wow, what should we do in response to the message? Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. In other words, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for us. We are those who are far off whom the Lord will call. And so the outpouring, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for us and for our generation. How about this in John chapter 7 verse 37. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, the feast, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive, because up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is pointing to that day of Pentecost, When the Holy Spirit was poured out. But rivers of living water will flow from within. If you're thirsty, come and drink. And so there's a seeking, a thirsting after the outpouring of the Spirit that we might have living waters flowing in us. One of the big things about flowing and working with the Holy Spirit is, uh, as we see from John chapter 3, is that the Holy Spirit, the pneuma... The spirit of God is like the wind and the wind we see in verse 8 blows of John uh, chapter 3 says the wind blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit and so. One of the great things that we learnt from Dad who taught us and encouraged us that we would be people of the Spirit. We would thirst of the Spirit. We would drink deeply of the Spirit. But not only that, we would be those who would be open to be blown along, to be carried along by the wind of the Spirit. And the Spirit goes this way and the Spirit goes that way. But that we would be flexible to flow with the Spirit. You know, we don't want to be so program-driven or so professional or have everything organized that we, need, that we leave no room for the flow of the Spirit. We want to be a people who are happy that things are a little bit chaotic, that things are, in a sense, a little bit messy. You know, when the wind blows, it kicks up the dust and the leaves and, and you know, everything is bending, you know, because of the force and the strength of the wind. Well, we want to be those who are willing to be bent into the flow and in alignment with the way and the direction in which the Spirit is flowing. We want to be a people, a company, where God is welcome to do what God wants to do. Yay. (laughs) Oh, come on. Let's be a people of the Spirit. You know, a previous generation paid an enormous price, an enormous price to welcome the Holy Spirit and to flow with the Spirit. And we want to honor that investment. That price that was paid was an investment into us and our generation and into subsequent generations. And so we honor that And the best way that we can honor that is to continue in flowing with the Spirit and creating space and room for Him to do what He wants to do in our lives individually and in our lives corporately when we gather. And so this is a massive thing that we have received. It's part of our inheritance and we treasure this. All right, can I get a thumbs up at home and amen? Yeah, yeah, high fives. Yeah, we're going to do this. Hmm. All right, the next thing is this thing of community. You know, I grew up in, um, in the family where it wasn't just us five children, but there were many others who were part of our family. You know, most of my Uh, my uh, younger years growing up at home, we had an additional four young single people living with us. And we formed an extended household, we had community, and the, the people living in the house next door were also part of the community, and they also had some young singles living with them, and the people behind us were also part of the community, and also had young people living with them, and the people alongside them, and in a block, there were many houses, all part of the gathering of the fellowship And there was a sense of community and we loved one another and we shared many meals together. We did a whole bunch of life together. And so this thing of community, we learned not just because it's in the scriptures, but because we lived it out. And so in Acts chapter 2 from verse 41, those who accepted the message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So, of course, this is again the day of Pentecost. In verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we see this massive collection of God's people Living in a very tight, connected, laying down their lives, serving one another, practical way. This isn't just a spiritual theory. This is a lived out life. And so we, we want to continue in the, the, the strength of this thing that we don't just live unto ourselves. But that we recognize we're called into a covenant with God, and therefore there's a covenant with one another, and so we live out our lives in a very particular way. That's why when someone's going through a tough time, we're alongside. We're not just, you know, sending thumbs up messages and, you know, emojis like I'm praying for you but we actually demonstrate it in very practical ways. We visit. We take meals. We take flowers. Yeah, We help each other in practical ways. Help people move. We, we, we go and we pray for one another when we're sick. We visit each other. We, we do life together. We don't just come to a building on a Sunday when we can. We actually are in each other's homes and we're praying and we're worshiping and we're doing the stuff of our spiritual walk in this natural life. Very, very, you know, dynamic, organic. It doesn't always have to be organized. Hopefully a lot of it is spontaneous because we've been carried along by the Spirit. This is who we are. This is our heritage. Yay. Come on. Let's keep going for it. It's an it's a hang of a challenge for us here in, in Joyburg because we've got these big high walls and fences and you know motorized gates and everything's keeping us in isolation. You know, long before lockdown, there was the spirit of isolation. You know what? We prophetically Actively work against that isolation thing. Yay. Come on, let's crash into the, each other's homes and each other's lives very intentionally. All right. One, one last little point I, I, I want to make uh, for, for this, uh, this time together is that to recognize that God takes nobodies and he makes them into somebody's yeah a lot of people want to just be part of something that is successful and only have you know the nice the neat the clean the tidy in terms of people you know people who look like us and you know do all the same stuff that we do but the lord calls us to actually reach out to people who are not like us. The the gospel mission was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. To to reach out to people who are different from us, people perhaps we don't even like. But we're called to go beyond that and to actually love them. In Mark 2, Jesus he tells us uh, the people were criticizing because he was eating with the sinners. He was eating and drinking with tax collectors who were, who were like you know those who'd betrayed their own nation. And he went to to all these people who were the outcasts. He says, "It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners." You know, we need to remember that Jesus' mission is our mission. And that we are actively looking for opportunities to engage with people who do not yet know the truth. Yay, yay, yay. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. All of us have only got one thing that we can boast about, and that is Jesus. Our boast is in him and what he has done. Because he took us, a nobody, and he's turned us into something. We're a somebody, but it's because of what he has done. So we do not boast in ourselves. So we recognize that God chooses those who are weak and lonely, cast aside. We were of those. And so we have space in our hearts and in our lives very deliberately for people just like that because we know that's where we came from. And we have a grace and we have a patience We have compassion and we have endurance for those who are different from us. And we open up our hearts and we open up our homes, we open up our lives to share what Jesus has done in us. And we can model things, and people can see what's happened in our lives because they're close to us, they can see it. Not from a distance. But we're actually actively reaching out and we're inviting them into our lives in order that they might see. They also need somebody to model the way. In Luke chapter 1, Mary's great song, The Magnificant, she recognizes that God. Chose her and took her out of her lowly, humble estate and gave her this amazing opportunity to carry the Saviour. But in the song, she says, He has filled the hungry with good things, but He has sent the rich away empty. Let us always remain hungry. Whenever we get to the place where we think we know it all, we've got it all, we are like the rich and we will receive nothing. No matter how much we've received from the Lord, no matter how much... we've experienced the outpouring of the Spirit, no matter how much we've enjoyed revival highlights, we've, we've, we've been you know, taught amazing truths, no matter how much we've received in the past, we continually walk in a posture of being hungry for more of the Lord. That we might receive more of what He has for us. And so this is a, an enormous thing for us. And as we do this, we will notice that God does something amazing. God will use us for his plans and his purposes. We see the, the story in, in the Bible where David, when he was an outcast, around him gathered mighty men and there was about 300 of these guys and they were hiding around in caves (laughs) it was rough stuff but they were the despised they were the outcasts they were those who were in debt they were they were the misfits if you like of their day but they hung around with David David was a man after God's own heart David fulfilled the purposes of God in his generation And those 300 were shaped into mighty men of God. You know what? God is going to cause us to be shaped into mighty men and women of God as we recognize that we're on a journey. We might have been the outcast. We might have been the despised. We were the rejected and the hungry and the lonely. But God calls us, and as he calls us, he begins to shape us and mold us and fashion us into something useful. Wouldn't that be amazing? That we can be included in the advance of the kingdom. Just as those mighty men fought valiant battles and were at the forefront of expanding the kingdom of God under David's rule until he conquered all his enemies. God takes the nobodies and he makes us somebody will be powerful for the advance of the kingdom. So, as I close off this morning, let's just remember, we are people of the Spirit. As we look to the rock from which we were hewn, we too will be people of the Spirit. We'll be people who are a community. We are community to one another. We open up our hearts and our homes to those who are not like us and we model and we give to them family. We belong to Him. We belong to one another. And we recognize that God is working in us and we remain hungry. We remain teachable. We remain shapeable that He might form us. So let me pray for you as we close out this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we have great examples that you give to us spiritual fathers. We thank you, Lord, for the great legacy that each of us have. We thank you for a spiritual inheritance. We ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us pour out your spirit again Lord cause courage boldness to come upon us that we might live out and walk out these incredible values that a previous generation fought for to give to us that we might treasure we might honor and we might continue to walk in So Holy Spirit, would you continue, cause us to be a generation that would go even further, that we would steward these spiritual truths, that we would run even further for your honor and for your glory. So in your name, we pray. All these things, amen and amen.